Hello and welcome into the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined once again by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing good, Greg. How are you doing? Doing well. Like it's been a an interesting week um around here in Nebraska football and really Nebraska sports. It feels like there's so much happening. We were kind of talking off pod about this before, and you got baseball is in full swing. Like we just had some volleyball stuff happen. The basketball transfer portal is yeah, Steve Mark is definitely in full swing. And then the football right, transfer smackdown. portal. Yeah, Friday night SmackDown. You can't forget that Matt Rule getting the biggest pop in the building uh, for, for his appearance on there, along with the other players that were with him. Like it, that was really funny to me. Like Matt Rule, like he was leaning all the way into that, throwing the bones, hollering "Go Big Red." Um, it's just a totally different thing to see than coaches pass, and it's not just a frosting. Like it just it goes like before him of like seeing Matt Rule so active and wanting to do basically everything to where it feels like you know he has to be cloning him himself um it, it's kind of amazing to see all of that and how he has time to even do all of this stuff man it's it's really fascinating yeah um things are flying by too and we're already at the midway point of april it feels like april just started to me and spring ball's almost done they're they're still full swing and recruiting they had a small visitor weekend i think it was only one visitor if i'm not mistaken this past weekend or maybe there are a couple. On no, campus. they had, they actually, so here's something that is, is interesting. It's off topic, but not. Nebraska has done an interesting job of keeping a lot of visitors under wraps. Like stuff does not come out ahead of time. And we just had to kind of have to piece it together after the fact. And I was just kind of looking around social media and there were plenty of guys that kind of came in around that, that big scrimmage. And it feels like it was on purpose. It just was not as advertised as say that big yeah. junior day, right? Like they've been, that's a whole different thing. And I'm probably going to have to write about that at some point once we conclude spring ball. But that has been really interesting to me is that there's been no shortage of visitors that have come through but the publicity around it could not be more different than what it was earlier in the spring yeah and one of those notable ones that kind of snuck on campus is a little under the radar was ty anthony smith down in texas mm -hmm. four-star linebacker uh i'm guessing that was his first visit to lincoln and you could talk more about that greg but uh introduce people who aren't familiar with him who ty anthony smith is and uh how his visit went yeah, so it's really interesting. It kind of goes back to when I was down about a couple months ago in Arlington for the Under Armour camp. Ty Anthony Smith was one of the top performers at that camp, and he's been a guy that kind of been on. He's been on the staff's radar since really they took over the program. But I, so I've been kind of keeping track of him as well. Um, he's an uber athletic kid that just kind of over the last year or so um, down in Texas, his recruiting really picked up steam. And when I say picked up steam, he's got offers from all over the country. Um, his most recent visits. Um, were USC, Texas, Texas A&M, Miami, and I feel like there maybe Alabama was in there as well. Like he has been to the who's who of college football right now in the recruiting world. He had 11 tackles a game last season as a junior before he, like around the time he exploded on the scene. Really athletic kid that could probably slot into what Nebraska is now calling that Jack linebacker, um, a guy that is big enough to kind of hold up against the run, but is fast enough to play in space. Um, and when I was down at that camp, you know, everyone was talking about Texas and Texas A&M. And I, I talked to him and he was like, no, I'm definitely going to take a visit to Nebraska. He was like, I really like that the coaching staff. Um, he hears from Omar Hales all the time. Um, and so, you know, that he's been Omar's been really popular on the recruiting trail with guys. And so he said, I'm really going to take that visit. 
Fast forward to this weekend, this was the time for that visit. Um, and he told me coming into the visit that the thing that he was really looking forward to was meeting the coaching staff, right? And getting a feel for those guys in person after talking to them all on the phone. And it sounds like the staff kind of passed that test with flying colors. He really enjoyed his time with Matt Rule. But he told me the his favorite thing that he saw on the visit or best thing was Nebraska in practice and how they get after it in practice um, and how intense it is and how physical it is. I thought that that was really interesting that we've – Heard Matt Rule say, and Tony White, kind of a, multiple times now, about how they're going to hit. They've been hitting during the spring, and to hear a recruit then say that, that goes back to something that you and I talked about probably a few pods ago about hearing that consistent message, right? You hear the coaches up at the podium, you hear the players, current players at the podium, and then you hear stuff from recruits, and you're like, oh, they're actually all saying the same stuff. Um, and Ty Anthony Smith was definitely another example of that, and he's a really big, big-time recruit. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned his recruitment's kind of wide open. I think I saw that his Chris or his future cast was Texas A and M, but I saw him tweet himself that his uh, recruitment's a thousand percent open. <laughs> he so did say that. I know guys say they're a thousand percent committed or one hundred ten percent. So whatever the percentage is, we'll see. Take but that the funny, for what it's but worth. the thing is, is he, yeah, and also like we could say, like, yes, his future cast looks at AM and you know, Texas is really involved, but he told me right now the only official visit he has set up is USC on June 16th. So he's like, all that about Texas, Texas AM, and USC is the only team right now sitting with an official visit. So I really I do feel like it's really wide open right now with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh there were other guys on campus, and those ones that were on campus, uh, they've been on multiple times, so it doesn't they're kind of sneaking on, it seems. One of those is Tyson Terry, who's back for a third time. Uh, what did you learn about that visit in particular? And where do just things big picture stand with him, sort of the the schools that are factoring in this recruitment right now? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to me what's happening with Tyson Terry. It reminds me a little bit of what we talked about last week with um, Omaha Central offensive lineman Caleb Pye from right when we were talking about Nebraska kind of on the outside looking in. But I kept saying, hey, wait a second and let's see if the staff can kind of this new staff can kind of make up some ground is the same exact thing with Tyson Terry. I think that in kind of knowing him and his family fairly well and talking to those guys, like, first of all, the visit went well again, like it, it's another situation where he continues to come back because he's getting really good vibes from Nebraska staff and one of the things that they've done well with Tyson is continuously show him like strong consistent attention right I think that that's something that had been kind of lacking with the previous staff um, and I think that he's a kid too in particular that I, I just feel like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder he plays that way as, as a big time wrestler and a defensive lineman he plays some offensive line as well um, for Omaha North but he's gonna I think he's gonna be a defensive lineman in, in college like he's got that chip on his shoulder and when guys have that, you need to show them consistent um, attention, right? Like you can't just kind of do the little drive-bys in the school and kind of just come in, stop by and say hi, and then think that because he's in Nebraska, he's just going to automatically pick your school. No, you need to show up at the school multiple times like they did kind of in that contact period and then continue to invite him on campus. And then when he gets on campus, continue to have someone with him, right? And what, remember what, what, I don't know, you might not have seen it because you were doing, you were busy filming stuff and getting those clips is that, 
when he was on campus a couple of weeks ago, he was there for during one of those open periods. And we saw, I noticed that there was always someone with him, whether it was Omar Hales, another staffer, he was talking to Terrence Knighton. And I think those little touches are things that really go a long way. Um, and I think Nebraska has made up a lot of ground as far as teams that are kind of also in the mix. It's kind of the usual suspects in the, in the region, you know, your Iowa's, Iowa State's, Kansas State, Minnesota, like those schools are all kind of in the mix for him right now. But I think as he goes along, I think that if he wants to, he's going to collect some more offers from around the country. I think he's a really nice prospect. Yeah, he seems more like a Big Ten. He's he going to play in the Big Ten deal. at some point. <laughs> yeah. Another another in-state guy that was back on campus was Isaiah McMorris, mm -hmm. uh, 2024 class. I think he recently took a visit to USC. So um, a lot of good suitors. I think Oklahoma is another one that's hard after him. So yeah. what are your thoughts on Nebraska getting him back yet again? Yeah, I, this is another, it's a very good sign for a little bit different reason. So we we mentioned the um, big junior day. If you think back to that, Isaiah McMorris was on the visit list originally for that and ended up not making it because he was with his seven on seven team, Nebraska elite, um, when they were out in Chicago for a big tournament. So he didn't make it. And people were kind of worried like, oh no, it's another Omaha kid that doesn't, that seems like he doesn't really come want to come visit and all of that. And I remember saying at the time on the insiders board, because Isaiah told me that he's going to reschedule that visit. He's going to come back to campus and check out Nebraska. He was here um, yesterday on Saturday for the big scrimmage that they had. Um, and the thing with him is, is you're right. His list of suitors continues to grow, man. And these are teams that are, are really good programs right now. Some of them a little bit more established than Nebraska is right now. Um, but I do know that Isaiah has a very good relationship with Garrett McGuire, Nebraska's receivers coach. Like he's very high on him. So that's a big plus for Nebraska. Um, I think that Oklahoma is in a good position at the moment for him. USC is an interesting one, right? So you, you mentioned that he went out to, to SoCal and visited USC. He really likes them. I think this is one of that one of those situations. And he talked to our Clint Cosgrove after that visit. Um, and we had the article up on Inside Nebraska. Um, he really is kind of stumping for that USC offer. USC is just in a different place when it comes to skill position players right now. And Isaiah is a very talented player. Um, but USC can basically pick their wide receivers from around the country at this point based on how they recruit quarterback and the way that Lincoln Riley kind of runs that offense, right? So I think it'll be tough for him to get that particular offer. But I think Nebraska and everyone else is kind of chasing Oklahoma but the Huskers do have a really good shot to continue to get in into this race and get more into the picture as they continue to bring him on campus. Yeah. And with all those schools that are after him, it seems like he's kind of a more underrated guy being a yeah. three-star. I wonder if he's weird, in the mix to be like a, a future, like four-star or get a rating bump. But um, as today is uh, April 16th, yesterday was the start of the 15 day transfer window and Nebraska got their first entrant, uh, Alante Brown. I'm guessing he's not going to be the last one. Uh, what was your reaction to that news, Alante Brown entering the portal? You know, it's kind of interesting because I didn't, you know, we had kind of been, it was, we didn't know whether or not, you know, Alante had not been with the team. We should say that first of all, he had not been with the team. Um, really, I think going back to the winter um, and he was dealing with something kind of with the university and trying to come back. And Matt Rule had left the door open when asked about him, but he was not overly like, yeah, it's definitely going to happen where he comes back. So you kind of, you're not totally surprised that Alante puts his name into the portal um, just based on those circumstances alone. But then when you add in, 
and we, like you said, kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. He won't be the last one that enters the portal because they have to get other guys to enter the portal. Because I think they're at 98 or 99 scholarships now um, after his departure. They have to get down to 85 before the season starts. There's going to be more attrition, right? And wide receiver also was one of those positions where not only did you have the guys kind of like Isaiah Garcia Castaneda and Xavier Betts kind of come back into the fold, into the program. You've got other transfers coming in, Josh Bleaks, Billy Kemp. You also have six wide receivers coming in this summer. So there's going to probably be another wide receiver or two that end up leaving just based on numbers, right? Um, and so you're not really surprised there, but that's going to be a, kind of a huge storyline here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you just kind of mentioned it. They're sitting way over their scholarship cap, around 98 or so, close to that 100 mark. Uh, that would be 15 over their limit, but they don't have to get down to that number until the season starts, as you said. But with this next two weeks and spring balls kind of going to shake out the depth chart a little bit for some guys. Um, what do you think the next two weeks are going to look like as far as attrition goes? And do you think Nebraska is going to try to start trimming down their numbers or are they going to be able to carry some more guys? How do you how do you see that plan out? Yeah, I think it, it, to me, first of all, the, the timing of the transport portal window opening up is not great for Nebraska. Um, Matt Rule, you know, would probably like this to actually open up right after spring ball, if he could actually, or spring ball ends, if he could pick, because you're kind of in this awkward situation, right? Like you could have a situation where there's another guy or two that have already entered and we don't know it or plan on doing it and, and going ahead and save themselves and not be in the spring game, right? Because they know that they're not going to be in the picture. So why go through that? So that makes that awkward. Um, once spring ball is over, though, I definitely think, as Matt Rule said himself to us, that they're going to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with everyone um, after the season and have really open, honest, frank conversations um, with different guys on where they are. So I think coming out of those meetings, right, probably, what, the day after um, the spring game, so next Sunday, then I think you're going to see kind of a flood of guys kind of enter the portal because they'll only have one more week to kind of enter during that open period or like five more days to kind of enter during that period. Uh, I do think you're going to see a lot more. And I think it's going to be kind of multiple one from those conversations Two, there's going to be guys that kind of quote unquote medically retire. And then don't forget about kind of this new kind of rule that people don't seem to quite understand or know about where a new coach um, can go ahead and tell guys that they're not coming back. Um, and now in that situation, and we had this question come up in that situation, remember the university is still on the hook to pay their scholarship and their stipend, right? So they're and they so they're still in their um, room and board. So they can still go to school for free and do all of that. They're just not on the team, which in a way I actually think is a really nice thing. You kind of have that security, and then the school is just on the hook at their discretion to be a hell. And Nebraska could do that. They've obviously got the money to be able to do that. USC used this rule quite a bit um, when last year when Lincoln Riley took over their program. So it's not unprecedented either. Yeah, and this has big implications on recruiting as well, because um, Matt Rule hasn't talked about it a lot, but obviously there's, in his mind, I'm sure there's positions of need, and then there's positions where they have too many guys. Like, I think they have over 20 scholarship defensive backs, which is well over what they need, <laughs> and so um, he might need some room to go add a guy from the portal. I don't know what position it might be that he would want to add, but he'll at some point he'll probably want to get those numbers down so that if he needs more depth somewhere else, he could do that. But sticking back on the recruiting and the class that's coming in, we are now at three commits for Nebraska. Ashton Murphy was the third commitment. He happened since our last recording. 
what was your reaction to the news that he committed to Nebraska? Yeah, I think this was another one, you know, we talked about some of these in-state guys coming back for multiple visits and the kind of the jump that Nebraska can make with them when that happens. Ashton Murphy is a perfect example of that, right? As he was a guy that had been taking a few other visits um, around to some other regional schools um, and kind of like some of those schools. And then, you know, he just, he kept coming back to Nebraska. I think it was his, maybe his third trip um, of, you know, the Matt Rule era that he ended up then committing on. He was there on, it feels like we keep seeing these guys on Tuesdays when we're down there, or Thursdays now when we're down there. Um, and he was down there that same day that he committed. I like the pickup for Nebraska. I think that one of the things that I would love to see Nebraska do a better job of, and I know that people hate this comparison, but Iowa does this well, is take guys that are kind of underrated from the state and then develop them. I think that the, the step that we're always missing when we talk about these in-state guys is a lot of them play multiple sports. A lot of them do have high ceilings in football because they haven't fully concentrated on football um, and they can be developed when they're in college. If you can get that developmental piece, I think that you've got a nice player in Asha Murphy. He's a kid that's like six, five, two. 40 with no bad weight on him. Have you seen him? He's a really good looking athlete. Um, he's quick enough to be able to shoot those gaps on the defensive line um, that Nebraska would like him to do. But he also can bulk up some with some good weight. Because I think that one of the things that we have to kind of get in our minds is that Nebraska is going to want a little bit quicker defensive lineman at this point, right? Like they're good. They don't want, you know, big 315, 325 pound guys on the ends, especially um, to just take up space. They want to attack and create havoc in the backfield and get after quarterbacks and all of that. And I think, you know, Atchet Murphy is a real good example of the type of athlete that they want to get on that defensive line. Yeah, and I think it's good you mentioned how Iowa does a good job of finding those kind of under the radar guys in the 500 mile radius and developing them. And I, I think Matt Rule is aware that that's been a problem at Nebraska. He <laughs> yes. talked about how um, he wants to have those good camps and find those guys that are going to those FCS schools and getting drafted and then bring them to Nebraska and not let them slip through the cracks. And a good example of him starting with that was getting Jason Machachok, who was going to oh, North yeah. Dakota. But um, sticky back on Ashton, it's interesting. Is he a potential two-way player? He's kind of one of those long guys that he looks like he could play both ways, kind of like a Mason Goldman almost. So has Nebraska offered him specifically for one side of the ball, or could you see him coming in and trying both both uh, sides? So I he told me that he, that um, he's committed as a defensive lineman, that they're recruiting him. Terrence Knighton has been his guy um, and that that's what they're recruiting him for. But I will say that we had the same conversation with Jason Machachok and he said the same thing about the side of ball and then they switched it kind of after he signed. So I would say that while he is slotted at defensive line right now, um, you never know um, with kind of how things will shake out because some of that stuff also depends on what happens during the guy's senior year, especially with him committing at this point. Um, we'll see how he continues to develop and then what happens with the rest of Nebraska's class and where they may need him um, once things shake out. Now, this is this question next is an inevitable one, and it's Nebraska's currently sitting at three commits. It's April 16th right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on how big their class size is, and would you say they're behind schedule at all, or where are they at with putting together their 2024 class? Yeah, it's tough because, you know, if you look around and look at, say, like Ohio State and Penn State in Michigan right now, right, they're on fire, absolute fire. They are cleaning up um, when it comes to like spring recruiting right now and getting commitments out of coming out of these spring visits. And so you're going to think, man, it's tough. Nebraska's not keeping up with the other teams in the Big Ten, especially those power teams that they're chasing. Um, but 
I, yes, they're a little bit behind schedule. You would like to see them a little bit further along. But at the same time, you have to think about this a little bit logically. I think that it's really key to remember that the staff is actually behind in their evaluations of players because they had to put so much time into that transition class and figuring out who was who for the 2023 class and the transfer portal. Don't forget that while all of that is happening at the same time, while also learning your current team you get behind on something, something has to be met. They've got a ton of staff, but something is going to have to um, fall by the wayside a little bit. Right. And I think that those 24 evaluations, they're still kind of catching up on that. And that's why you're still seeing offers go out. I think, right. As we kind of go through spring is that they're still kind of settling their board a little bit. So yeah, you'd like them to have a couple of more commitments in the boat, but I will also say this, I think they're going to be at double digit, um, commitments in this class by the time they're done with official visits this summer. Uh, maybe I get roasted by that and I'm wrong at the <laughs> end. Um, but I think that by the time we get done with summer official visits, Nebraska will be in the double digits when it comes to commitments. Um, because I think you'll see a turn of a little bit more aggression of trying to get guys on campus for those officials in the summer. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. As of today, they do not have a quarterback commitment in their 2024 class. And obviously they've put all their eggs in the basket for the number one player in the country. And they're starting to uh, form a contingency plan, as we talked about, if they need to turn to another quarterback. Mm -hmm. How much do you think the lack of a quarterback commitment in the class is affecting that uh, class size and just like attracting skill guys and I'm, you'd have to imagine that guys want to know what quarterback they're going to play with. Yeah, I do think it matters some. And it, it, it matters to me. It actually matters more, not just for, you know, knowing what quarterback you're going to play with. If you're, say, Isaiah McMorris, even though that would help. Um, I think it's more because the quarterback is almost always the ringleader of the class, right? He's the guy that basically starts up the group chat that everybody's in. And he's the one that's reaching out to guys on social media um, and trying to keep in touch with, with those guys to be able to like do the peer recruiting thing. Or when he's out at seven on seven camps or elite 11s and all of that sort of thing, like, or different, like a rivals camp, like he's the one that's out there doing that. Um, and so that missing that part with a quarterback, I think does end up hurting you. Um, um, somewhat and you just that's where you need and it becomes really interesting to look at kind of the building of a recruiting class and how like you need some guys that are really outgoing that can help peer recruit because that stuff matters right like especially now when you're in a situation where so many of these guys know each other from either playing high school ball or from being on the seven on seven circuit or bump into each other at camps it's easier than ever to keep in contact with guys you know on social media or like you know there used to be a time where like a, the number one player in Nebraska would have no idea who the number one player in California was and they would never cross paths right but now they might and if they don't they might just see that guy either on a visit to the school or just see him on social media think he's cool and start talking to him right like it's just a totally different landscape um, and how interconnected these things are but I do think that that plays a little bit of a role um, in the recruiting class and I do think that you'd see a bump if they had either a quarterback which would be the best case scenario but also some really big name personalities in the group too. Yeah, and I'm going to throw this last one at you, Gray. We didn't necessarily plan to talk about this, but we talked about it off pod. Um, they they had that big junior day visit, and they didn't really get a lot of guys to confirm official visits out of that weekend. And I think that might play a little bit into why they're only at three commits is they haven't had a lot of guys come for officials. But um, 
Speaking of official visits, the rules have changed for the NCAA. They're going to allow guys to, I think it's unlimited officials, if I'm not mistaken. So is that going to, can that help Nebraska? Or um, do you think that's going to be able to allow some of those guys that came during that big junior day consider to come back for an official? How do you see that sort of shaking out? Yeah, that that could actually I, my first thought, honestly, with that and you and you're right, it's it's unofficial visits, unofficial, sorry, unlimited official visits starting in July, which means that they can start that when the season starts. Right. Because it's a dead period at that time anyway. So it, when it, when the season starts, they can take unlimited official visits where I think that that could actually help Nebraska is exactly what you just laid out. Like, let's say that there's a player that came for that big junior day. That's like, Oh, I'm kind of on the fence about Nebraska. Like I liked it, but should they really get one of my five official visits? And I, I really don't know, but I do want to take some game day visits in the season, but then Nebraska starts off. Well, right. Let's say that they start off, you know, five and two, and they're really playing, you know, much better ball than we had seen in the atmosphere is rolling. You know how that place would be at Memorial stadium. If that happens, yeah, then you're going to want to get some of those guys to then come in and say, hey, look what we got going on here. And you could make up ground quickly if you're in Nebraska in that case. Um, it'll be real interesting to see the strategy behind how schools end up using those unlimited official visits because you got, you have to balance whether or not kids are just taking a free trip for fun, which people that doesn't happen as much at Nebraska because people just aren't taking for fun official visits to Lincoln, Nebraska, as nice as it actually is. They're just not going to actually do that. Right. Um, but you can, but you also have a thing where the school is on the hook for all of that cost. That's an extra cost. Cause don't forget. And I don't know if people really think of it this way when there's an official visit, it's not just the prospect coming in, right? Nebraska pays for two additional people to come as well. That's three people that you're paying for flights and hotels and food. They go to nice restaurants on those visits, all that stuff, right? And so that adds up quickly. So not every team is going to want to be out here using unlimited official visits as well either. So it'll be real fun to see what the strategy is behind that. Yeah, we got we got more coming up with the spring game next week, and there will be more guys on campus and more to talk about. Yep. But I'll save those questions for you for next week. So, Greg, that's all I got for you. All right, man. Sounds good. And another great episode here. Uh, appreciate all the support. You guys checking out this podcast every week. Uh, make sure you tell a friend about it as well. Spread the good word about the recruiting blitz. Um, while you're doing that, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel to get those videos directly into the feed. Pop over to Inside Nebraska at nebraska.rivals.com. You can catch all the written content as well. And we will catch you guys next week.